Welcome to Girl Gang, the podcast. I'm your host, Amy Will, and the founder of GirlGangTheLabel.com. Hi, I'm Tara Tuit, creative director at Wild Fang, and you're listening to Girl Gang, the podcast. Thank you so much for hosting us in the beautiful Nomad Hotel in Los Angeles. I've been to your store in Portland, and this has been like top of my list. Your company is so amazing, and I can't wait to dive in. Thank about you. Everything. Yes. Thank you. So before we go into what Wild Fang is, how it came to be, and the last handful of years growing it, I'd love to know the process of your career path leading up to it. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a very unconventional one. Um, So creative director now um, started out actually as pre-med, so um, took a very zigzag path to get where I am now. Um, Graduated college, uh, had plans on going to med school, and then I went and worked at a medical clinic and um, had a real epiphany that that was not the right direction for me. Um, And actually, I had, um, during school during college, I had taken a job at The Gap um, and was doing some visual merchandising for them. And when I had to sort of stop and pivot and think, you know, this isn't the right career path for me, I was like, well, what have I enjoyed? And I actually um, realized I really enjoyed visual merchandising and so ended up getting a job doing that full-time at Levi's and then that took me to Nike and then I spent years at Nike started out there uh, went into entertainment marketing for Nike did that for five years in LA loved it Um, but true to Nike form you can't do a job too long anywhere so they um, pulled me up to the mothership in Portland and um, I was concept director for Nike Women's there for two years before I left to start Wild Fang. So amazing and then before we go deeper into that oh a lot of girls and women getting into the fashion industry is like that is the goal that they want to do do buying visual merchandising but for listeners that don't have that background and knowledge can you explain a little bit what ver- visual merchandising is and what goes into it? Yeah totally um, so when you go into stores and you see the mannequins and how product is placed and the store displays, um, all of those things are components of visual merchandising. Um, And it was interesting for me with my career path because that's, you know, started in retail and then moved through that, which was a very sort of natural progression for a creative type like myself. Um, And then was able to um, take that into the role in entertainment marketing and Nike, um, where it was basically another little mini store, but for influence to come into. Um, And during that time, I also started doing more brand design and um, basically buying product for our space. And so it really helped me expand my skill set into other things outside of visual merchandising. And then when I went to work at Nike Corporate, I started at the very, very beginning of the sort of go-to-market process, we call it, um, in you know, starting to create and design product from the start. Um, So it's interesting, each role, first of all, each role I had, no one had had before me, which is really, I think looking back on it now is interesting for me to see that I clearly am, I, I like to create, like I, I have an entrepreneurial spirit, even when I was working at Nike and taking roles that no one had had before me. Um, but each role kind of expanded my skill set, And so I think for, for women out there that don't necessarily have the like perfect educational degree to lead where you might want to go, or even the sort of the perfect resume, I think it's a great example of, you know, take bite-sized experience and um, whether you're getting paid for that or whether you're not, um, just continue to expand your skill set into the areas that you're interested in. And you don't necessarily need to, you know, have 
have the the perfect um, degree to get you where you need to go. Um, life experience is, is, you know, goes a long way. I'm glad you brought up the entrepreneurial spirit because that's one thing I really want to try to focus more on on this podcast is that spirit. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a founder or at the forefront of a company, even inside of corporate positions, just like tapping into wanting to be a creator, just like talk to your superiors, talk to your peers and figure out like what can you do that hasn't been done before to light that creativity inside of you. So, you know, you obviously, why we're sitting down here, you ultimately had left and we'll get into that and started your own path. But um, I think even when you are in like one of the biggest companies in the world, if that is your calling to create, find ways to do it. You can do jobs that have never been done before, mm-hmm. create something that hasn't been thought of in yeah. within a year. So no, I totally agree. I, I, and But sometimes at big companies, it's hard to get the space or the permission to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. And I think you know, if you are at a big company and you aren't getting the space and permission, I tell this to a lot of my friends that feel a little bit stifled in their roles, that there's so many ways you can do that outside of, of your sort of nine to five job that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you aren't able to pursue those creative, you know, pursuits or, or that, um, sort of new frontiers in your, you know, nine to five role that, there's so many fun ways to do that outside in, in, you know, in making art or making music or whatever those things are that might inspire you. Mm -hmm. You know, I loved my roles at Nike, but uh, when I started to take on Wild Thing on the side, that's what it was. I was working nine to five and then was doing, you know, starting to build Wild Thing on the side. And so even though during those times when it can feel like you're working two jobs, basically, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, getting you to the place where you want to go. And I have other girlfriends that have done that too, who have like wanted to make pottery. And so they work nine to five at their job, they go home and they make pottery at night. And then now that's what they're doing full time. And so sometimes you have to go through those things where you're basically, you know, working to live and to get to the place where you live to work. Yeah, I'm so excited to dive in because you're walking the walk of doing that and creating what you wanted. And now, I mean, a handful of years later, like, look at what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's dive into my favorite part, yeah. the idea phase of Wild Fang and the birth of it from a deck to yeah. what it is. Yeah. So um, I'm employee number one at Wild Fang. I'm not technically a co-founder, mm-hmm. Um uh, which is funny, uh, but have been there since basically the beginning and how sort of Wild Fang came about and how I became a part of it. Uh, Emma and Julia, who are the two co-founders, they really found this space where um, essentially the story goes they were in Urban Outfitters looking at some product in the men's section that they both really liked. And they all of a sudden kind of had the epiphany of why isn't the stuff in the women's section? Why are there certain styles of clothing that are off limits to women? And um, the sort of the idea of Wild Thing was born in, you know, essentially women should be able to wear whatever the hell they want. Uh, And then on top layered to that was the idea of building a brand where women can do whatever they want, be whatever they want. Um, and, and that was sort of the birth of the brand for me, how I came into it is, uh, we, we all worked at Nike at the time and they approached me to kind of be on the side to help style, to help buy the product. Um, but it was just a deck of ideas at, at that stage. And it was so funny cause I was sitting across the table from them and so inspired by the, the idea of the brand. Uh, but I was like, okay, one of you's 
good at marketing and one of you is good at HR and ops and you're about to start a fashion brand, um, something is missing from this scenario. So um, I basically sat them down and was like, you're going to hire me to be your creative director. Uh, And they were like, okay, let's do this thing. Um, So that's how it started. And uh, it's, you know, it's funny looking back on it now because everybody who I talk to is like, God, that's such a huge decision to leave your, you know, corporate gig that you've been doing 10 years. Like I literally Nike at 10 years, you get a sabbatical. So you get to take like six weeks off. And I quit like right before my 10 year mark (laughs) to take it, you know, and be able to take a sabbatical. And everyone in my life is like, what are you doing? This is nuts. But for me, it was just, I saw this really, really beautiful opportunity to create something that wasn't out in the world and to do something really meaningful that had a lot of impact. Um, and I just knew it was the right decision. I just knew in my gut. And now you're doing so much more than selling goods and the mission of your brand goes across so many verticals. Um, can you share with our audience aside from the clothing and items that you're selling, what wild thing is doing and what you're about? Yeah. So wild thing, uh, we always say we're here to empower women, um, to, be whoever the hell they want and wear whatever the hell they want. Um, oftentimes there are things that are off limits to women. Um, one of those things is, you know, types of clothing. So that's, uh, essentially the core of kind of what we sell day in and day out. Um, but we're a lot bigger than that. We're about building a brand and a community that supports and uplifts women and, um, helps them or encourages them or gives them the confidence to be in spaces that they've traditionally, uh, not been found in. That's what our brand is really about. Um, and, uh, outside of selling clothes, we also have done a ton for for the community. Um, one of my favorite things that we did last year, um, it was the 45th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And um, as we all know, abortion rights are sort of being attacked on all frontiers. And we just really felt like we needed to, to do something that would have a real impact in women's lives. So we worked with the clinic in South Dakota, the Planned Parenthood Clinic. It's the last clinic in South Dakota, the whole state. And women have to drive like 300 miles uh, to go to the clinic to have a consultation. Then they have to have a 48-hour waiting period. And then they have to drive again those 300 miles to actually get their procedure done. Um, and it just was heartbreaking. So we did an Indiegogo campaign where we raised 100 grand for the last abortion clinic in South Dakota. And on our page, we had had um, the ability where you could actually buy a woman's abortion. So it was such an amazing way of galvanizing our community um, to have a real, a, a real tangible impact in women's lives. And that's why I love Wild Fang. That is like what we are about day in and day out. What's the process like from idea with you and your team to executing something like that? I mean, honestly, it's crazy. And I, this is one of the things I love about working at a small startup. Um, so myself and Emma, um, who's our CEO, we literally sit across the table from each other. And so many of the crazy things that, uh, you know, have been born out of Wild Fang are because we, you know, share ideas across a desk and we have the ability to basically pull the trigger and, and execute. Um, another one that was absolutely bonkers is last year when Melania Trump wore the, I really don't care jacket. Um, while kids were being ripped away from their families at the border. Uh, you know, we saw that and 
immediately we were like, this is crazy. We have to do something. So we um, basically put a jacket up on our site that said, I really do care, don't you? And within a month, we had raised um, about 200000 uh, for races. Uh, it was crazy. It went completely viral. We had celebrities retweeting it. Um, and yeah, all of that came in about a hour of conversation with me and Emma across the table and we're like let's go let's do this um and that's sort of the amazing thing about working in a smaller business and also I just feel like I have this amazing team of people that sort of trust us and look not every idea lands like we'll pull those triggers and sometimes they fail but we have a team of people and we have a team of investors that really believe in us and trust us and and give us kind of the rope to be able to take risks and um sometimes those risks raise 100 grand for an abortion clinic and you know sometimes they fall flat on your face but then you learn and you do better next time. And I think it's such a beautiful thing to have a mission and community driven brand. And we live in a time where really now, like right now, there are things that awareness needs to be brought up. Funds need to be yeah. raised. And so sometimes feeling changed to the, chained to those corporate environments where it's like, here's an idea. Okay, well, let's put it in for fall, winter 2021. Exactly. And you're able to utilize yeah. fashion and creativity as a vehicle to let people know what's going on, 100%. raise money and get it to get it to the people that actually need it, the clinics, the businesses that need it. So it's very special. And, you know, the other thing that I feel like so fortunate about for Wild Fang is because we are a small female founded company that's very mission driven. Um, We have a lot of amazing women that support us and we don't pay them to support us. They just do it because they believe in what we're doing. Like, so our Wild Feminist Tea is one of our, our pieces that we've kind of become famous for. And you know, we've had moments where Janelle Monet wore it on stage at Coachella and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Janelle Monet literally gets dressed by like the most amazing designers in the world. And that's what she chooses to wear on stage at Coachella. We had Lizzo and all of her dancers wear it all on stage when they came to Portland. And it's just as mind blowing. But, you know, they they believe in what we're doing and they want to spread the word of what we're doing. And um, it's just it's moments like that where you're like, OK, this this is this is really meaningful. Yes. I mean, how how does that go when you like find out people are wearing your clothing that you or like people you look up to or maybe you find out someone like is planning to and wants to do that? Like, how does that feel? Money is all around us and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together they unpack the secrets to not just surviving but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. I mean, it feels phenomenal, but I, you know, I also, you know, I come from entertainment marketing and Mm -hmm. I so, so value when um, folks like that, that have the ability to literally wear whatever they want, they get given anything they want to choose to oftentimes pay for our gear um, and and wear it in moments where they could be wearing, you know, any designer, right? Um, But what is the moments to me that really, really stand out for me are also those moments where 
I've changed the lives of, of just a quote unquote normal person Mm -hmm. who comes into our stores and shops and leaves a different person. Um, last year we opened two new stores, New York and LA, and I was opening New York and I had this amazing moment in the store because I was, I was in the store sort of training the staff and, and teaching them about our brand and, you know, um, about our product. And, um, I had this really amazing trans woman come in, Juliana, and she came in looking to buy a suit. Um, and we had just launched our velvet suiting. And so I got her in a velvet suit and, um, we still keep in touch. And, um, she talks about, she sent me this amazing text message the other night and she said, you know, wild thing, has given me the confidence to stand up straighter. Like I feel so much more comfortable and confident when I'm wearing your clothing. And, and now I I literally, I have better posture because of it. And, you know, so, so yes, when Lizzo's on stage and all of her dancers are wearing wild feminacies, yes, that like my heart like bursts out of my body. <laughs> but when Juliana texts me after a year and, you know, we have met for a half hour in the store and tells me that my brand has allowed her to stand up straight, like that there's like no topping that. I talked about this when we met on Friday for our other brand evolving vegan. We went on a food tour and one of our stops was in Portland. My husband and the guys, they were going like thrift store shopping mm-hmm. for the day. And I walked by Wild Fang and I'd, I'd seen you guys on Instagram before and was like, oh my gosh, this is here. Let's like, I kind of want to bounce in. So they're like, okay, yeah, we'll see you later. And then 30, 45 minutes later, they come in like, what have you been doing? <laughs> and I like have a beer in my hand. I'm hanging out with the person working there. And it just felt like so welcome. I mean, and I could hang out there. Um, I had just started Girl Gang, so I'd shared it with them and they had given me a couple business cards of women within your company yeah. that would be good to interview. And it's like that that is what actual support looks like. Yeah. You know, it no, wasn't targeted to me to have like <clears throat> certain colors or feels to make me feel a certain way. I walked into a store that represents what you created and actually felt welcomed. And then my favorite part was when my husband and the guys came in, they were like, wait, we want to hang out too." cracked <laughs> totally. open their beers. Yeah. I mean, I love that that's that's so what we're trying to build our brand to do is to build a community that is truly about loving and confident building confidence giving confidence and being supportive and not not having it be about just purchasing right like when you come into our stores it's really about being fam essentially Mm -hmm. and it's awesome if you leave with something that makes you feel better about yourself and um gives you that confidence but if you just want to have a beer and carve our wall and hang out with us like that is we are so down for that too like um you know one of our values of our brand is about um inclusion and that comes to life in so many different ways for us like we shoot um you know, we commit to every product shooting women of different body types on our, our website. Um, we go from size zero to 20 in all of our products, even though we're a really small brand and most big brands don't even do that sort of size expansion. But um, being super inclusive is also about our stores and our environments where um, we invite people to come in and just hang with us. And, and that's it's, you know, we know sometimes it's hard to be able to buy into a brand. And so we want to make sure that everybody feels like they can be a part of our brand whether they purchase from us or not. International Men's Day. Who knew that was a thing, right? Why do we need that? Um, So International Men's Day is next week. And we've actually had a lot of really rad men in our community reach out to us um, about um, wearing a wild feminist tee on International Men's Day and saying, how can we be better allies and how can we, you know, continue to lift people up? So yeah, it's, I love that you brought that up. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So now, um, so I went into the store importantly, you you guys have multiple locations now. Um, Can you let our audience 
audience know where they are and maybe take us through the process of um, how you picked certain cities and growing? I mean, yeah. storefronts are so hard. That's what a lot of e-commerce brands strive to be. And you guys yeah. are doing it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like everything with startup, we, we tried to bite things off, um, uh, bite size. Uh, so when we first opened, uh, when we first launched our website, we never had intentions of being brick and mortar. We always thought we would be online only. Um, and, uh, in about three months we had grown out of our tiny, tiny little office and we were looking for new office space. And we found this really amazing space in Portland that actually had retail storefront. Um, and, you know, my background's in visual merchandising and Emma, uh, she grew up uh, running a store that her dad um, owned. And so we both had some retail experience and our customers three months in had said, you know, we want to meet you. We really want to try on the clothes. And so we kind of were like, well, maybe we should try to do retail. Like it wasn't in our plan, but hey, a lot of things haven't been in our plan. And and that's what startup is, is kind of rolling with opportunities. Um, so we were like, well, let's try this. And right off the gates it was such a such a success we had people like change their flights to come see us um we you know we had people like Tegan and Sarah coming into our store when they were in Portland and um we we saw the opportunity really of what it was like to actually get to be there in front of our customers and and also for them to touch and feel and and you know not only get the vibe of the product but also get the vibe of our brand and our personality and basically like, you know, you said your experience in Portland to kind of just become fam. Um, So we decided to open a second store in Portland because that felt like the right move as we were trying to just slowly grow. Um, Did that. And again, it was such a great it was such a great success. And, um, so we rated for it to become profitable and to, you know, make business sense. And, um, and then we decided last year that it was time. So we, um, opened New York and opened LA. So we've got one in New York and Soho and one in LA and Silver Lake. Um, and yeah, it's such a great experience. You can come in, you can have a beer, you can carve our wall. Um, you can obviously try stuff on. Um, but I think the best thing is, you know, it's, it can be hard to get the personality of a brand, like you said, in an advertisement, right? And an Instagram ad or something like that. And so much of our brand is, is the vibe. And so to come into our stores and immediately feel that and feel what our brand is, um, I think it just really, it just really quickly gets people to the heart of what we're about. The last thing I want to talk about, um, a little more the designing process and, um, why you created the clothes that you're creating. Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting process for us in, in getting where we are today, because when we first launched Wild Fang, um, we bought all of our products, so we didn't make any of our product. And um, our community called us out super hard, which I also always appreciate. Like, you know, our community, because we created this re- very open, honest dialogue, when we do something wrong or when they see opportunity with us, they'll tell us. Like, that's one of the reasons why we expanded our size run, because they were like, we, we you know most of America is above size 14. So why aren't you delivering to, to us? Um, but that was also how we started designing product because we started buying products from other brands. And because no one had been in this space before, no one had done a brand that was menswear inspired product for women. Of course, it was hard to go shop with her brands and deliver on menswear inspired product for women. So that's what led us to starting to design and produce our own product. Um, we started with button ups and then we went to suiting and then we went to workwear. And those are kind of the things that we're famous for. Um, but all of those were because we, we, 
were shopping the market and we were like, okay, well, what are the core things that are traditionally menswear? Button-ups. We shopped the market. No one was doing great fitting button-ups for women that weren't like, that didn't have darts or frills or things that felt very overtly feminine. Uh, So we were like, okay, I guess we're making a button-up. And then the next thing, suiting, super core to menswear. Well, shopped the market. No one was doing suiting. So we said, okay, we, we, we need to start doing this. Um, and it's how we've been able to build our brand. But it's all because of the community, because the community said, you're not doing good enough. So um, that's amazing. I'm, I mean, everything we do, that's, it starts with our customer. That's how we started retail, because our customers were saying, we want to meet you. We want to try stuff on. So whenever we're at a place where we are like, what's right for the business, we just look back to our community and what they're, what they're asking for and, and, and drive towards that. They really are your co-creators. They like a really lot are. of the things you're saying that you did is because they are requesting it and you 100%. can act on it. Yeah. And I feel like that gets back again to be able to working in a, a a startup or starting your own brand, you're able to co-create with the community. You don't need to get um, permission from like a line of 20 people. There's not a million layers. It's not like it's three years out when you're able to actually execute on that. No, it's, it's one of the great things about being a small business. Yes. You're like, you want these sizes? Yep. Okay. They're coming X date. Here you go. You want to meet us? All right. We're going to go find a location. We're starting today. We're going to find it. So that's so special. And it's super fulfilling because you can actually like make an impact, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with yeah, us today. Um, I'm so excited to share your story and hope it um, lights a fire underneath other women that want to start creating and doing things their own way. Thank you. Um, by either becoming a part of your community or hearing your story and deciding, you know what, I want to create my own micro community based on these ideals because that's yeah. how I feel. So I really appreciate it. Um, and then for all of our listeners, can you let them know where to shop Wild Fang, find yeah. you guys? Yep. So we're online at wildfang.com. That's W. W-I-L-D-F-A-N-G.com. And then our social channels are We Are Wild Fang. Perfect. Thank you so much. And then I'll also be including, um, for everyone listening, on the episode notes page, we'll have their retail locations on there as well and include a link to the website where you can find out more. So, yep. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.